Blog Talk Radio. It in with six seconds to spare. Oh, this is Marty Oakley. Yes. Um. Okay, we're we're live. Can you hear me, Cuz? Cuz? I don't know what's going on here, but we seem to have we're all hooked up, but nobody is talking but me. Um, Cause, can you hear me? Reverend Ralph? Yeah, hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Marty. Okay. I'm not getting cause in. I don't know why. Had a heck of a time getting on. Um, I like to say had six seconds to spare uh, and just got hooked up here. So anyway, there's cause. There there we go. There she is. Okay. Oh, we are on. Yeah, finally. Boy, I had a. I swear we're getting a lot of interference. Um, well, okay, let's get cracking here. Uh, before we get into the main of everything, I want to give everybody some reminders on things and some things that have come to light here in the last few weeks for me. Um, and the thing is, um, if you go to the hospitals, do not give them any information they do not need. Do not answer questions uh, about where you live, if you live alone, if you you live with other people. Don't don't answer those questions. The same thing if you go to your, like, doctor's office. These are trap questions. Don't answer those questions. Um, just tell them that's not why you're there. Uh, the other thing is, whew, this has been, I just found out, and I'm going to be putting out an article on this. There are several levels, and this came about because of Obamacare. Um, oh, goodness. This is, hold on, I'm getting an unsteady stream here. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, Obamacare, I had heard at the time um, that uh, they were going to start rationing health care through um uh, through Obamacare. So I want you to think about that. And uh, that came to hit me full face. And what this gets down to is it's being, it's called sorting, as Kaz pointed out to me, um, by age and insurance. You hit 70 and you are out the door um, unless you have mega insurance that can be tapped. If you've got just like Medicare like I do, uh, don't bet on it. Okay, um, it says in here that it's primary, secondary, tertiary, quaternary, and minimum guaranteed by Hill Burton. Cos, can you take this over just a minute, please? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, 
on the I see that Reverend Ralph that we had talked about in our promo that you were going to update us on the DA in Bucks County. Would you like to let us know what you were attempting to do in Bucks County, which I believe uh, Bucks County is in Pennsylvania, and is it right next to Montgomery County? It is, cause it is. All right, all right. Dish the spill the tea. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, I realized something, or I found out something this week. Uh, finally, hit me before I get into uh, Bucks County DA that there's basically three types of people in this world. There's the sheep, there's the wolves, and there's the shepherd. And we have seen this in guardianship, where the wolves feed on the sheep. And unless the shepherds are around to protect the sheep, the sheep who basically either doesn't care about it or doesn't fight back once they're attacked by the wolves, well, basically, the shepherds who are many people in these organizations and associations that have exposed this guardianship corruption they're basically the shepherds, and they've done a marvelous job of trying to help people now and in the future to prevent them from being victimized by the wolves. And it leads me up into what happened this week. There was a church in Bucks County, and they were having a meeting of senior citizens, and about 60 of them showed up. And it was about scams on senior citizens. And from the Bucks County DA's office, there was an assistant prosecutor by the name of Ferber, and he was the spokesperson. And the meeting was about an hour and a half. So they, he talked about different types of scams and how he prosecuted each different type, like uh, roofing scams and the uh, telephone marketing scams and so forth. And he concluded his speech after about an hour and a half, and I raised my hand, they, he was taking some questions, and I said, you did not mention anything at all about guardianship scams and how they are far, far worse than simply uh, a homeowner paying somebody to do some construction work and never doing it. And yeah. he said, well, he, he really didn't know anything about that. Uh, he didn't have any of those types of cases. I said, well, I said, it's nationwide and, I, and international, too, by the way, to them. And I said, you know, these guardians and the lawyers for the guardians and so forth, they don't stay in one county. And every county has retirement homes and nursing homes. I said, this is where they get these people and where they end up, where the victims end up in these places because of being guardianized. And then you have the corrupt judges in orphans' court that is promoting and protecting that scam and allowing these guardians and the lawyers for the guardians and care managers that they hire, they're al the corrupt judges are allowing uh, the invoices to be paid that are submitted for tens of thousands of dollars. And he basically just said, well, uh, you know, he really didn't know anything about it, and nothing like that had really ever happened in Bucks County. And I said, well, and, and then he finally concluded by saying, well, if I find somebody – you know, to bring it to his attention. I said, how am I supposed to know who's getting ripped off in guardianship corruption? I said, the first place to go are the nursing homes and the retirement homes to find out if people have been guardianized and which names of these guardians keep popping up. I said, it's easy mm -hmm. enough to find in the court records. Well, yeah. he basically just said, have a nice day, and that was the end of it. 
So here you have somebody, a uh, assistant prosecutor with the Bucks County DA's office, who doesn't really seem to think it's a big deal if people are become slaves, not just they lose 5000 or so from a, a, a telemarketing scam or a, a, a construction scam or something. He doesn't care that people are being now enslaved and their life savings are being drained and the people are being forced to live in these run-down nursing homes for the rest of their life and end up getting drugged to keep them quiet. I, I, yeah. I found that appalling, appalling that you have an assistant district attorney in a major county, and Bucks County is a very, very well-off county financially. So here you have somebody who is more concerned with promoting himself for an hour and a half, telling everybody, oh, he prosecuted this case and that case, but then he basically didn't know anything about guardianship scams and really didn't care to know anything more. Because I said to him, I want to set up a meeting with some of the people in your department that deal with financial scams, with financial yeah. abuse of the elderly. And he didn't want to do it. And that basically just, that's when it came to my mind, you know, there's these three types of people, the sheep, the, the, the uh, wolves, and the shepherds. And here you have this guy who is basically one of the wolves that is allowing this type of thing to happen to these elderly people, destroying their lives forever. Yeah. So it really, it was really an eye-opening experience to deal with somebody like that. I have a story out of Bucks County. It's a story that I have known for many, many years. I am going to say that I did not hear this story firsthand. I heard it from Mr. Shenanigans. And it was someone from Bucks County contacted the shenanigans in, face, in Montgomery County Facebook page, and they had a guardian that is famous on the shenanigans page on this person's father in Bucks County. And this is the most, one of the more disturbing stories that you're ever going to hear. So there was this person's brother was working in cahoots with, and I don't want to say the names because someday this person will come on the show and tell the story. Anyway, they... Um, their brother was going to was working in cahoots with the evil guardian and they had the father who was worth several million dollars was in guardianship and the evil and then the brother had a kind of a come to jesus moment and realized that this evil guardian was up to no good and this brother was going to come forward to various DAs like you have there in bucks county and report this crime and what happened was, this was a day, brother, the brother was out at a baseball game with his son, and, you know, just like any other day, a young, uh, I believe it was like a middle school age um, young son that, that he had, and he came home, and wife was cooking dinner, and he lived near a park, and he, was gonna, he went out for a walk, and then dinner was ready, and mom said to the son, go get your dad, dinner's ready. And the son found his dad hanging in a tree. It was ruled a suicide, but this person believed that the evil guardian murdered her brother. So there you have it, a story that I have known about for years in Bucks County involving one of our famous guardians. And the thing is, is that if you didn't 
if we weren't always talking about what all these people do, you would think this is the most craziest story. The Guardian isn't going to murder the person who's about to rat me out. But you know what? Nothing would shock me. Would it shock you, Well, Reverend? Well, these days after, again, we have seen how these very, very high-level law enforcement departments, basically they kiss rear ends because all they're concerned about is their jobs. And it's, and again, because I did criminal investigations for 41 years, I've been astounded at these number of police associations and so forth that did not want to do anything when I exposed a scam on them by a business selling fake lie detectors for 35 years now. And again, you're talking about all levels of law enforcement, all the way up into district attorney's offices, all the way up into the federal law enforcement agencies. And I've been pushed aside even with that. So, again, it boils down to where uh, these so-called agencies are nothing but bureaucrats who are only concerned with shuffling papers from 9 to 5, but they don't seem to give a darn about the taxpayers that are paying their hard-earned dollars for them to do something to keep society from becoming chaos. And, again, it's it's something where uh, these police departments should be doing far more to find out who's being victimized at these nursing homes. And yet they don't want to do it. It's just something they don't want to get involved in. So it's no. and, and I'm not surprised by anything anymore, really. Yeah. Um, do we back, have Marty Rosie. back on? Oh, yes. yeah. right. Marty is uh, going to do her topic. Well, I was going to add to what the Reverend said here. Um, I found that in Minnesota in, when I first started in this issue, it's, it was, you know, people call the police, the police tell them go to the sheriff's department. The sheriff's department tells them to go to the attorney general's office. The attorney general's office tells them to go to their senator representative, and they tell you to go to the police department. They just run you on a hamster wheel. They are not going to turn on each other. They're not going to do it. And uh, I don't care. You could have caught that guardian hanging that man in in the throes of it, and they still would not prosecute him. They'd still cover for him. They'd still do whatever they could. Uh, going back to what I was talking to, and I'm sorry for the interruption there. Um, all sorts of traps are set for us through the medical system. And if you think your doctor or your hospital most particularly is going to give you adequate care, you are sadly mistaken. Um the thing is, they're all working on a profit basis. Your health is not the concern, only what it can muster them in profits. Um, I noticed in my own case, the same tests were being done over and over and over and over and over again. These are all high-dollar premium tests, uh, very profitable for the hospital, but produce supposedly nothing. And um, it, they kept getting the same result but they wouldn't do anything else. And so it's just a, a matter of um, what are we – I'm out of breath. What are we paying for here? And I say back when Obamacare first came out, I had heard that, you know, there was going to be this rationed care as you aged. And that served several purposes. It saves a lot of money for the government. It's very profitable for the hospital. 
and it hastens people's lives. It, it ushers them out the door faster than they would have ordinarily gone if they'd have had adequate care. And when I talk about this minimal care standard, they do just enough, just enough to keep you from being able to sue them. That's all. And they're not going to they're not going to do anything else. And uh, so, you know, these, like I say, there's these traps everywhere. Um, when you go yeah. to the hospital, again, like I've told you many times, I want to reiterate it. And they ask you to sign an admission form. You tell them to give you a hard copy. And they'll say, oh, we don't do that. Well, you will this time. And then you go across it. Because they say, well, it's just a standard statement. Depends on what your definition of standard is. If the word biologics is in there, that's vaccines, blood research, all kinds of crap comes in under that label. Again, this came in under Obamacare. Um, they will ask you questions or say, make statements that really don't make any sense at the time. But what they're doing is for you to forfeit your, uh, your rights, your ability to fight back through various statements. Now, when you get down to that signature line, that's a very telling thing. John LeCron always said, words have meanings. Signature is a corporate term, meaning you agree to the contract stated above. In other words, all the things that they set up there in that admission form about giving you biologics, you agree to all this and you can't fight it. That is all certified by your signature. You cross that word out and put autograph underneath it. That implies a personal signature with no authority given to anyone. Um, myself, like when I go anywhere, it's one of the things I put out is a do not administer. Uh, that was another thing I want to talk about, too. Do not administer list, and that throws that out the door. Uh Doctors looking at turned right around and on more than six occasions prescribed the exact medications I told them I could not take every time. And they even tried to issue me um, generics because I'm too stupid to know, you know, who she, she's not going to check. And one even complained that I looked at medications <laughs> up on Internet. Yes, I do. Now, another thing is, if you're on the MyChart system, there's a, a tab in there that says notes. You want to read those notes. Those are notes that your doctor made about their visit with you. It will make your hair jump off your head. My son accompanies yeah. me always to my doctor appointments. Wherever I go, he takes me. He's always in there with me. They have tried to keep him out. At one point, even calling him a chaperone. As though I needed someone to accompany me because I was so disabled. No, he's my advocate. And they don't like that at all. Uh, one doctor said, or well, the nurse said, a doctor doesn't like anyone else to be in the room. I don't care what doctor likes. He's not paying for this appointment. Yeah. And, um, well, he's going to be upset. If I don't care. Let him be upset. And, uh, well... He's probably going to ask him to leave. I said he can ask all he wants to. He's not going to. And, But this is what I'm saying. These kind of games go on all the time, and you don't realize they're being played on you, but you do realize the pressure to acquiesce to what they're saying. 
this is something you just have to learn to deal with. You have to stand up for yourself. Um, it, we we just really are up against a system that has no concern for us whatsoever. This is all about money, just like guardianship. All about money. And if you die or get severely ill because of what they're doing, well, too bad we made our money. And um, I just, but it, all of this is like you get down to this uh, minimal care level on this five five tier system. You basically have no rights. They do just enough to keep you from being able to sue them. And I think a lawsuit stating how this is basically so unfair, we should all have equal access to medicine, just like we should all have equal access to the law. But we don't. And as we age, we lose more and more of our rights and our ability to fight back. And it was those senators and representatives and some president who signed all that crap into law. And don't think it's the Republican or Democrat. Um, Democrats, I don't know what the hell they are doing. It just doesn't make any sense. And on the conservative Republican side, they keep hollering God, Jesus, and church, and uh, being a Christian and all that. I have never encountered a more vicious judgmental, hateful group of people. The minute somebody tells me, I'm a Christian, I got to go. Because I know I'm going to hear a big laundry list of why we should be able to do terrible things to somebody else because they're not like me. Uh, I'm just really at the point I don't know what to think anymore. And Reverend, I keep hearing, you know, you're reporting and I know you're quite accurate. And I keep thinking, how can this happen? How can this go on? You know, this doesn't well, make I, sense. How can this go on? Go ahead. I mean, the answer for this, my I'm a Christian thing, because, I, I mean, I, I am. I think I heard it once in a sermon. Don't tell someone you're a Christian. Show them yes. that you are. And and but, so when someone has to tell you that they are, yeah, my, uh, yeah, I want to roll my eyes also. I'm with you on yeah. that one. Yeah, well, you know, people say to me, I'm a Christian. Well, my faith is in God yep. and nothing so, else. So I don't perfect. don't believe so in church. People. Yeah, I, I believe in God. That's where my faith is. And if you actually had faith, you wouldn't need to, you know, go to church. Um, <laughs> you cannot tra- trade religion for faith. It doesn't work. And um, so I stand with that. And um but it's just, I'm telling you, this has been the last two months, especially for me, have just been hell to face this system head on. And I know at every step, I'm under threat. I, I am under threat from all sorts of things. I, I know from the hospice shows with Marcia Joyner, um, you go to the emergency room three times in any 12-month period for the same issue, which I have, you're tagged for hospice. The last doctor I saw was a pulmonologist who said to me, well, we need home hospice, and I absolutely blew up. I thought he was going to melt into the Uh wall. I was just screaming, no, no hospice, no hospice. He says, well, that's a good organization. I said, might have been at one time. Uh I said, it's government-condoned murder now. And I said, and you know it is. And I said, no, don't you send hospice to my door. And um, 
But this, when that came in, I thought, oh, God, they got me. They got me, you know. And um, so it, it's just, it's a terrifying age to be at. And um, we can't, we can't let this go on. Nobody over 60 should be afraid of the coming years and what they're going to do to them. And why? And who's yeah. going to guardianize them? Who's going to steal everything? Reverend, look at what you've been through. And, cause your family's been through the same thing. Yeah. And, and just, and people keep saying, Reverend, when you said that about he claimed he didn't know anything about it, does a man live in a bubble? How could he not know it's all over everywhere? It's even hit mainstream media. How can you not know? How obtuse are you? Uh, and you're holding a, a district attorney's position in Bucks County, Pennsylvania? How could that possibly be? It appears to me you're, you're not eligible for the office. You're not qualified. But those are just my thoughts. <laughs> to go ahead. Well, Marty, this, I, this is... Well, I'm sorry. Uh, no, go ahead, Ralph. Uh, what was interesting uh, uh, pertaining at the very end, this uh, Mr. Ferber, the assistant DA that spoke, uh, he said that he had been doing this for 20 years, and he made the comment, he said, well, I don't know if I'll stay with the office, or he said, I might leave it. And he said, if I leave it, I really don't know what I'm going to do. And I thought to myself, you SOB, I know darn well what you're going to do. Because these lawyers that go work for the attorney or for the district attorney's office, they will work there for like 10 or 15 years. They learn the tricks of the DA's office. They learn what kind of deals they can make, and then they yep. open up a business as a high-priced criminal defense attorney. So this same guy yep. or others like him who brag about they put criminals in jail, well, at some point – they're going to open up a far, far more profitable business by getting those people off and getting them out of jail just so they can continue to victimize yes. other people. And I thought to myself, you SOB, who the hell do you think you're kidding? And I really wanted to stand up and say it to them. Well, uh, that's what really gets me on this stuff. These people have absolutely no compunction whatsoever about standing up publicly and just feeling out one lie after another. Well, I didn't know. Well, nobody told me. What do you mean nobody told you? People have been beating your door down. And just because you wouldn't talk to them doesn't mean they weren't there. Uh, it, like I say, we're, we're in a miserable state of affairs. And um, I think uh, behind this phony COVID thing and the vaccinations, they're now predicting that more than 2 million people in this country are going to drop dead in the next two years, most of them the elderly. Um, gee, imagine that. Uh, it just, I, I just, we're targeted. I mean, we are. We are targeted by our own government. And Marty, the thing is, is, it's happening globally. Yeah, Marty, go ahead, Reverend Ralph. Ralph. What's interesting is I, uh, there's an article posted on my website, protectmyparents.us, where, according to statistics, about 39% of all the people that die from COVID die in nursing homes. 
And yep. this is where, the, and I have seen firsthand where my loved person is, has been for a year and a half. The sanitary conditions there are abysmal. You might as well just put them uh-huh. in a dumpster and let them live wow. there because the sanitation, the, the, um, they don't wear masks. The people, the staff there, they don't wear masks, and the ones that they do, they wear the blue ones, which are surgical masks, and they have absolutely no uh, ability to filter out the coronavirus. It's only the N95 mask. And what's interesting is, like I said, 39% of the people in the nursing homes die of COVID just because of the unsanitary conditions, and also the fact that they just keep... contaminating each other constantly and again this is something where uh you talk about culling the herd this is exactly what is going on stick them in the nursing home and they'll die yes uh it just and that's the truth too and that's all they are now is death houses death camps it's like when that first started and they out in new york uh, went into that nursing home when they first came with the vaccine and forced all those people in that nursing home um, under force to take that vaccine and I can't remember I think 36 or 38 of them died and there was only 40 people in there you can't tell me this thing was meant to do any good and I still want to know if you still have not been able to identify the actual virus and isolate it how could you possibly identify a variant and so it turns out that the variants are actually a result of the shots. Gee, what a surprise. Mm. And I don't I don't believe for a minute that this was a lab leak out of Wuhan here in the States. That supposed virus showed up first out in Washington State, close to Bill Gates's big mansion, and Minneapolis, Houston, and DC. Now how in the hell does that happen? And then spread across the country. And uh, But see, they tried this a few years ago with that Zika virus, and they tried to get it to spread everywhere, but it didn't. So they had to come up with some. SARS was another one. Uh, that was going to was going to be a global pandemic. Well, it wasn't. And I think it drives these monsters in science insane to think that they have not succeeded yet yet again. But whatever this is, my personal opinion is this is something that was done to us, whether through the air or the water or the food supply, whatever it is, this was done to us. And it made some people sick and some people it did not. But there again, even if you got sick, they said your ability to revive and and survive this thing was about 90%. With the vaccination, it's only about 48%. Now, why did you line up to get a shot that had never been tested? And as far as masks go, I've never worn one. And I won't put it on. I, 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 you know, we have a mask mandate here. Well, good for you. Put yours on. Well, well ma'am, you have to. No, I don't have to. And, uh, but they, uh, and they're lifting all these mask mandates. And Fauci finally admitted before he scrambled out of office early to be sure he could keep all of his benefits that the masks did no good. And they knew it. It was just something to get you to go along with the program. They knew they didn't do any good. And the 
virus, if it even exists, is so small that it can invade even the N95 mask. Um, but still, again, they've never found any evidence of it in any mask. Now, how is that possible? But I don't know. What do you think, Cos? I I find it interesting that now they're saying it's coming out of the Wuhan lab, and yeah. I really don't know what to think. It definitely is something that affected the world because people people were locked down and sick and dying, but people die anyway. And I, yeah. so I well, don't know Italy what to make of it. Was one of the first countries to get hit hard with it. And this thing spread to 82 countries in less than 32 days. That's not possible, even with wind drift. It's just not because it was the, there was such a disparity in distance between these countries. And Italy, huge, huge death rate. Well, they finally admitted here last year that once they diagnosed COVID, they withheld all any other medical treatment and that people had actually died for lack of treatment and not from COVID. And um, it wasn't until they changed their head of their medical services, whatever that is, um, that that stopped happening. But they basically, just like they do in guardianship and hospice, hospice calls futility of care and they immediately stop all life support and any medications, anything, including food and water, because under Obamacare again, food and water was redesigned as medical treatment. And believe me, before you start telling them, oh, the damn, damn Democrat, honey, the Republicans were right in there with them. So don't think this was, if people don't get past this political divide thing, because the only place it's divided is out here in the public. You get out in D.C., it's all one big party, and you wasn't invited. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. Well, we were going to, when we were talking about attorneys and stuff, we were going to talk about the the trial that seemed to grip the nation really more in the last week. I know it went on for six weeks. I remember when the first story broke on that Alex Murdaugh with the wife and the son were murdered. I'll just do a quick week recap if anyone wasn't aware. So this is... Um, South, South Carolina, this Alex Murdaugh is, comes from a very prominent family. They had a law firm that had been around for like 100 years, and it was kind of in the backwoods of some sort of South Carolina area, but his family, according to these articles that I read, seemed to control many counties, and they were one of the bigger law firms in the state. And I remember when it first broke, I looked at the website of the law firm, and he had many partners that worked there. It was He was not a one-man show. And they did, you know, a lot of different lawyer kind of stuff. But I remember seeing guardianship was one of one of the things that they do. You know how the lawyers seem to have their website and their specialties, like a shopping list? And not all of them will do guardianship, but when I see, oh, guardianship is listed as one of your specialties, usually makes me go, well, that's interesting. Why why are you listing, listing that? So we can only assume that just as some of these guardian lawyers that we talk about, that his law firm was practicing guardianship. It was right there on the website. And now let's try and figure out what kind of attorney was he in his guardian pursuits. 
he was so rotten dirty, but yet he was so esteemed. He was even given like some sort of like police car with blue lights, like he could do citizen arrest kind of thing. He was well respected in the community, had a ton of money. And everything, everyone just thought he was so wonderful. And as you can think of him, let's think about other guardianship attorneys and how they go through society and everyone thinks they're so wonderful and blah, 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 blah. So here's this family. I mean, they've had the family business for about 100 years. So all of a sudden, this very day, he gets busted by some of his partners that $9 million is missing and they are going to you know, question him about his involvement in possibly embezzling money because, I mean, sure, that would be something an attorney that is greedy and narcissistic. Of course, you're going to embezzle some money. So to cover for that, he goes home later that day and he kills his son and his wife, all to kind of cover up for his own covetous his greed, his lust, everything that he was doing. I guess the wife was getting ready to divorce him, and the son was had killed somebody in a boating accident because he was driving drunk, and there was like a $50 million lawsuit that was being like filed at this guy. Well, I'm sure he had insurance and all this other stuff. So anyway, he kills the – he was found guilty. I believe that was yesterday. He was found guilty of these crimes. So he kills his – son and his wife and how he gets busted so he's lying and he's like i wasn't there i wasn't there you know and everyone's believing him he wasn't there he went to go visit his mom who has dementia and that was his alibi but then they hacked into this kid's phone the kid his son that they, that was murdered hacks into his phone and they find like a snapchat and in that Snapchat video, you can hear his voice going, well, he got up on the stand and he's like, all right, I lied. And he's making up excuses for his life. So I was reading articles and people actually were saying, oh, this guy has done beyond a reasonable doubt. He's going to get off. He's going to get off. Well, as I read those things, I thought, really, this guy is so guilty. It's so obvious. Oh, wait, he did cry on the stand. So we all should see the human side of him. He cried, so everyone, oh, look, he feels bad. If you want to see me fake cry on a stand, I could do it pretty good to make you think that it was real. It's not that hard to fake and act and cry. And, you know, I mean, if, especially if you're on the stand, like, it's not that hard to do. So to think that this guy, because he cried on the stand and said, I never would do this, you know, that he sure, oh, surely, you know, he's given beyond a reasonable doubt. And so as I watched this whole thing unfold, I watched it from an eyes of thinking of these corrupt attorneys. Like, how is he any different than these other attorneys that, Reverend, that we have to deal with, that we talk about over there in Montgomery County? How is he any different? He's practicing guardianship. He's in a big, you know, big law firm and he's, just doing his thing and yet I thought wow he'll probably get off because they're all setting us up like oh he did this he does this and that and then when it came back a guilty verdict that means this guy was unable to bribe or bully that courthouse and when I heard that guilty verdict it really gave me hope because I hope that everyone who's listening all around the country realizes for once Something worked in our country, and the judicial got it right. 
And that's a rare thing because this guy was so prestigious, was worth so much money, was just so connected. He should have gotten away with his crimes, just like they all do. But yet he was so greedy and so wicked that for his own self, he would kill his own son and his own wife. And when you look at an attorney who he probably represents a lot of attorneys and how they're, what's in their hearts, why would you think that these guardian attorneys who don't let people have visitation of their loved one, but, you know, put in the right position, they're no better than this Alex Murdoch. They just haven't done something bad enough to get caught at yet. So I just want everyone to feel good about our judicial and to see that justice did prevail and that an attorney who works at a law office that practices guardianship, even though it wasn't because of what he did in guardianship, it was worse, he was found guilty and he couldn't use all his sway to get away with his crimes. And this is a warning to all the attorneys who spy and listen. Someday you might not get away with your crime. All you have to do is think about Alex Murdoch and remember there is a very high-powered attorney that didn't get away from his, away with his crimes. Reverend Ralph, were you paying attention to that trial? Uh, somewhat. Uh, again, it was basically just a, another unfortunate murder case where two innocent people were killed uh, without justification of any type, and it was done right. out of greed. So basically yeah. that's what you've got is these lawyers who don't care about their uh, the people that they're guardian over, and they'll just it, treat them like a toaster at a, on a shelf at Walmart. They're just there for one purpose, which is to serve them. And again, this is what I said to that lawyer in Bucks County. I said, this is white slavery. Uh, blacks were slaves for hundreds of years, and they only served to be manual labor. And now with white slavery of uh, these guardians, uh, their only purpose is their bank accounts. They have a house, they have a bank account, and they're there just to serve the greed and the wants of these lawyers who are not satisfied with what they have. They have to have it all at the expense of pain and suffering of these innocent elderly people. And I, I yeah. think it's uh, deplorable that you have uh, these people rotting away. And again, I'm looking at my loved person of how uh, this person's being kept uh, against that person's will when there's no reason for that person to be in a, re uh, in a nursing home locked down for 15 months, not allowed outside, no doctor's appointments, no phone in the room, and very, very limited visits with me. And for what purpose? Again, greed. They want the money, and they don't care what pain or suffering they cause. And this is something where uh, they deserve five times the punishment of what anybody else does as far as stealing from them. And these, um, these lawyers, again, the law firm uh, that handle guardianships, I don't think they know what's going on. It's just a service. They see billing hours are coming in by a particular lawyer, and they're more than happy about that. And, again, to me, yeah. the whole law firm is responsible and again, they don't Absolutely. realize, as I've exposed, the fact in Pennsylvania 
there are no standards or requirements as to what an evaluation is. And the evaluation is basically the only uh, <clears throat> the only uh, type of evidence that is used to condemn these people. So the fact that it's basically flip a coin and because a psychologist says so, well, that person is incapacitated and ship them off and start stealing. And again, yeah. it's it's where uh, when you hire, and I've mentioned this once or twice before in previous episodes, that when a guardian is assigned by the court, the first thing the family should do is get that person to sign a very simple contract. That contract says, we are only hiring you, and we will only agree to pay you. If you hire a lawyer, if you hire a care manager, if they hire lawyers to represent them, you as the family are not going to pay for it. That's a business expense by the guardian. But that's not the way it works. They catch the family off guard. They start hiring all these people and lawyers and all. The billing hours start piling up by the lawyers, and the guardian is like just he's getting or she is getting like maybe $120 an hour, but that's not the way it works. You've got thousands of dollars being billed to the victim by all these other people that have now inserted themselves into the victim's life and bank account. So this is where it's fraud, it's financial exploitation of an elderly person, it's malpractice, because what these guardians are doing is nothing. They don't know anything about this person, and the guardian for my loved person admitted two weeks ago on the stand that she, the guardian, Pam Blummer, only sees this loved person maybe once a month for 15 or so minutes. Now, what can that person, what can Blummer learn in 10 or 15 minutes when, uh, as far as all the needs and wants of somebody, and what have they done to make that person happier than before that guardian was assigned? And the answer is nothing. There's no way you can assess someone in 15 minutes. You wouldn't even have a doctor appointment. Like if you signed up for a checkup, I bet you that your appointment would take longer than 15 minutes. So the fact that she's some high-paid guardian and it, she's there for 15 minutes a month, that's, I mean, that's crazy. It, well, I mean, it just goes to show the scam. Well, what's interesting, Kaz, is the fact that uh, my lawyer has every subpoena that he has asked for by this Judge Weilheimer, she has refused. Now, when you refuse documents that you need information to defend or present your case, that's fixing right. a trial, and that's Absolutely. corruption, pure and it simple. Is. It is. And you know what? When the day comes when their life spirals out of control, such as Alex Murdaugh, they'll probably end up the same. They'll do some rash, terrible thing, and they're all going to end up behind bars someday because sometimes our judicial works, and that is the big takeaway of what happened with that crime. Hey, so I was talking to the, wait, okay, help me say his name right. He was our guest. Diogenes? Diog, is that how I said his name? Diogenes. Okay. I was talking to Diogenes and we were talking about this and I said, you know what, we have to do a whole show on this, just about the the intelligence gathering. It took so long for them to hack this kid's phone. And this is a really interesting thing. It's like 
and this goes into guardianship, like how much privacy is actually privacy? Like, you know how some of these stupid guardians, their lawyer guardians say, oh, you can't take a picture because that would break my client's privacy, which, and you know, you know that there's people who do this in Montgomery County and it's just crazy. It's like your parent. But anyway, what, what is really the definition of privacy and how should we really be handling it as from a legal standpoint? And so this one, this, the murder victim, he had his phone locked up. So that was his, that was his private phone, but they needed the information on the phone because that was what ended up being like the biggest piece of evidence to, to bring Alex Murdoch down. But there's two ways to look at it. A, this privacy basically was used against Alex Murdoch, but the privacy was used as a positive way for the victim, for justice was served. And so when we block people's privacy, a.k.a. A guard, a, a, the quote, quote, ward in the nursing home that's not allowed to have pictures or videos or whatever, whose privacy, like, there's a, there's a fine line on just saying that that's the privacy because maybe whose definition of privacy is that? Because if I was the ward and and my kids want to come in and take my pictures and stuff and I was being mistreated, that's for my protection. I would want my pictures taken, but yet someone else doesn't want pictures taken. And it's kind of the same as that cell phone. You know, oh, that's, you know, that's his private phone. You can't go in and look at it. And you had to get all these subpoenas and stuff. And it was for two different purposes. One was to convict. The other was for just for justice. And yet it was the same, the same issue, the privacy of the phone. I uh, find can it really say, fascinating. Yeah. Marty, go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say was uh, one of the easiest ways to dispute this privacy, the invasion of privacy, is the fact that when guardianship is granted, the victim loses their identity and any rights to it, and it is assumed by the guardian. So the only privacy that is being uh, protected is the guardian because they are frauding as that individual. That's what allows them to get into the bank accounts and steal the home and everything else, is they are presenting themselves as that person. Them themselves has no right at that point, because basically they don't exist anymore in the law. Okay? In the law. They are not recognized as a living human being. They are a commodity, a product, a unit, merchandise. That's all. So they are Marty? protecting that person. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. We haven't figured out a, a polite way of, you know, cutting into each other without insulting them. I'm sorry uh, oh, that's for right. interrupting. Uh, what, what's interesting as far as with me, as far as not being allowed to take pictures and videotape, is the fact that it's called evidence. When they are denying uh, picture taking or video taking by the guardians, what they are trying to blame it on or say, well, it invades a person's privacy, when in fact they know things are wrong that are happening that uh, pictures and videotape would prove their negligence. So without the right. pictures and the videotape, what they could say in court is, well, he has a right to say what he wants, but that's not the way it was. So there's no evidence. That's what they're trying right. to hide and protect. Now, before we, right. I forget, 
I want to point out, and I've mentioned this once or twice before in other shows, anybody that we talk about, we welcome them to come on the show and defend themselves. See, that's how fair and balanced we are, that if we're saying people's names, and I do, and you know I do, well, they they can call up or send me an email and say, I disagree with you. I want to be on the show to defend myself. Good. Do it. But they're going to be very yes. embarrassed and humiliated when the facts come out because of that. So, again, right. to protect ourselves, we say if you want to come on the show to defend what we have said or to contradict what we say, do it. We welcome you. We want you to be able to do so. But have yes. fun because we're not going to let you off the hook that easily. But, again, there you go. The, uh, now, as far as uh, – the law saying these people, uh, you know, they have no more rights and all. Uh, I really have not been able to get any lawyer to really be specific in that because you cannot prostitute these people just because they're under guardianship. You cannot force them to commit a crime like force them to uh, rob a bank. And what I have found personally is the fact that, that again, this is where there's going to be massive lawsuits in Pennsylvania, and I'm sure nationwide, is the fact that there are no – and I'm just going to say Pennsylvania now – there are no requirements or uh, uh, standards for what an evaluation must be and must have in it and what proven accuracy it must have. Because all of the paper and pencil tests that these psychologists have used, you can download off the Internet – and I cannot find any independent accuracy study for any of those paper and pencil tests. And I find that the, the two psychologists, neuropsychologists, as they like to talk about themselves, one of them was a guy by the name of George Dacus. He's in Chatsford. He has never been a member of the American Psychological Association, which covers all of the country, and he's never been a member of the Pennsylvania Psychological Association. You have to wonder why, and if this guy is a Ph.D., why isn't he a member of such organizations or associations? There might be something where maybe he was thrown out 20 years ago, or he's got some criminal charges that they don't want him to be a member. I don't know, but it's interesting. I found that out last week. So, again, when, when you have... Getting back to this evaluation stuff, the fact that uh, it seems that these lawyers that do guardianships, they don't seem to care to do their due diligence, you know, a lawyer term, as far as asking the psychologist, if we're going to use your evaluation, what's the accuracy of it? What is the independent proven accuracy of your evaluation before we basically destroy this person's life forever and never, and he'll never have a normal life again before this happened, you know, with guardianship. And this is where there's going to be massive lawsuits against all these lawyers that do guardianships. And as far wow. as the, uh, as far as the persons themselves, just because they're declared incapacitated does not mean they have mashed potatoes for brains. It doesn't mean that they're just babbling idiots. It's the fact that maybe they can't remember as well as they used to, but they certainly still have logic and they still have common sense, 
which I have been able to prove and establish by simple, basic questions. And that's nothing that the, the psychologists that do those evaluations have never put those type of questions in their evaluation. Maybe they shouldn't drive a car because of their memory. Fine. But right. they still know what they want. They still know whether or not they want to go to a nursing home or stay at home. They still know whether or not they want certain people to take care of them or not take care of them. And the whole point of guardianship is it's supposed to be involving the family, having the family most important, not the guardian. The guardian is not suddenly the big know-it-all because they never have learned anything about the person themselves and what they want and what they like and how they want to live. It's just the guardian saying, I own you, you do as I say, and if I don't feel like taking care of you the way you should be, well, that's too bad. I know best. And that's not the way it should be. No. No, it isn't. And, you know, with these people who are guardians, I keep saying and people – Say to me, well, Marty, don't you think that's kind of harsh? That these are a different species of people, and I truly believe that. Some of us are normal human beings, and others of us are predators. And again, I liken it to the difference between dogs and wolves. Dogs will love you to death. A wolf will chew your throat out. Um, In hospice, I have noted many times that these people go to work and knowingly spend their day plotting and planning and facilitating the murder of their patients. Then they go home to their family as if nothing happened and get up the next day and go back and do it again. And I often wonder with guardians, because they all seem to, all these years, Reverend, I've asked if there's one, people say, they're not all bad. Bring me one, just one that isn't. I still don't have one all these years later. Yep, and uh, these are a special class of people. You cannot be this unsympathetic, this lacking in empathy, this cruel, this immoral, and still think you're a normal human being. You are not. You are not. We've got a caller on here, guys. Hang on a second here. Area code 847, you're live and on the air. Good evening. Good evening. I, I, Good evening. Joining the, the show, I don't know who made the statement <clears throat> just a few minutes ago saying that a guardian becomes the ultra ego of a war and does whatever. What state are you in? Well, if you're referring to Reverend Ralph, which is me, I'm in Pennsylvania. No, it was not. A, it was a female. Oh, okay. Pennsylvania is where I dealt with guardianship as well. I, su- I suggest to you that you look up the law, the probate law in Pennsylvania. In Illinois, where I am, in Cook County, sometimes Uh-oh. referred to as Crook County, yes. the statute is very clear, and I'll just shorten it for a moment if you want the details. Yes. Uh, uh, I can go. But the statute, and if you have a pencil and paper, mark this down, All right. is 
is what it's after and to what extent zero to a hundred percent how much must be established and the guardian specifically directed what to do they are not given carte blanche the third part of the law here is very clear that's 22, don't take advantage of a disabled person. You cannot contract with a disabled person, and if you do, the penalty by law here in Illinois and in Cook County is you cannot enforce or collect on the contract that you have a disabled person signed. Now, 3B absolutely limits what the guardian can do. It is not carte blanche. Wow. That is just, um, I I don't know uh, what to even say about that. I've never heard that referred to before. And, of course, I've never been in Illinois. I have dealt with some cases there. And um, Cook County, I know about the Cook County Courthouse. They called it a little shop of horrors. And um, I think sixth floor, isn't it, where they um, uh, have the probate hearings. You know, the whole idea of probate to begin with. I am suggesting that it's not different in Pennsylvania or in the majority of other states. Look at the law. Don't be saying things that are contrary to the law. Okay. Okay. I know in in our case that they, the guardians did do things that were contrary to the law, and we brought those things up in court, such as the 1987 Nursing Home Act signed by Ronald Reagan about no chemical restraints, and the judge chose not to care. So I do believe that laws are there, but they aren't enforced, and that's the sad tragedy of it all. This is Reverend Ralph. Yeah, because you're exactly right. That's why they call it corruption. I mean, you know, uh, if the judge is part of this corruption, which it seems to be that part of the racket, the judge, the the psychologists, the uh, lawyers, and the guardians themselves, it doesn't matter what the law say. If the judge says, no, that's the way it goes, and that's the way it is. I mean, you know, that's why it's corrupt. That's why it's, uh, you know, the the victim, the guardian, the uh, you know, the victim of the guardian, that's why they are being victimized, because the judge is allowing those things to happen, just like in my case, 
where it was this Judge Weilheimer, Jaskowiak, who was the court-assigned lawyer for my loved person, and the lawyer for the relative of this loved person, they sat there and listened to Ladakis destroying himself because I tore apart his evaluation basically being worthless. And on top of that, he never, and he admitted, he never audio or videotaped the session, which you can do very easily with a cell phone. So the fact is, there's no proof he ever gave this evaluation to this person. And the report that he made, that he submitted, there's no proof that it ever pertained to this person. So, I mean, how do you have somebody with a Ph.D. Uh, supposedly being allowed in court as an expert, and he doesn't think it's important to videotape the person being evaluated to prove what they said, how they said it, whether or not they were able to make sentences or not. It's basically he's saying, take my word for it. I did it. I gave this evaluation, and this is what they said. No, that's not evidence. That's just hearsay. And this is why the fact that when you have something that's used to destroy a person's life forever, and the, the judge is saying, well, that's okay. It doesn't matter if the evaluation has no credibility, and it doesn't matter that the lawyer assigned by the court to my loved person never brought in anybody that the person had dealt with to prove there were no problems to, that needed a guardian to be assigned. That's how bad the corruption was, and the three of them just sat there and listened to this guy admit he was committing fraud, fraud at $4,000 for a made-up two-hour Again, it could be talking about baseball or something for what it was worth. No proof that it was ever done. So this is how the corruption exists if you have a judge that's allowing it to be ignored. I send it back yeah. to that's Cause the Marty. That's the point. If, in fact, the judge in setting up the guardianship does not uh, specify the purpose for the purpose and the extent of the authority of the guardian, then you do not have a guardianship. If, in fact, a person breaks their arm, as my example, uh, and they cannot write to write out a check and pay a bill, and theoretically a guardianship is set up, the judge must say this guardianship is set up to help that person write the check due to a broken arm and to pay the bills. And that's it. There's no authority Beyond that, and the, if the judge does not set that up, then you do not have a guardianship. Well, that might be the case, but if the judge just ignores it and pretends it never happened, well, that's the way it was. And I was pro se at the time, 
So I did not know about deadlines for filing appeals, and also because I did not file an appeal, it became uh, there was no appeal to be made by law because it had gone past the expiration date to file that such appeal. But once again, it's basically where uh, the law, the definition of incapacitation in Pennsylvania is basically referring to uh, were they, was the person uh, not able to make financial decisions on their own. And the point there is, the problem there is that in this case of this loved person, all the bills were automatically paid. All the money was automatically uh, being invested by an investment business, and the person was still driving a car up until two days before the petition was filed by the relative, and the fact that all the taxes and everything had always been paid on time, and the house had no mortgage to it. It had been paid off 20 years ago. So it was just because this person was 96, it was simply pushed on through that, oh, well, this person has a lot of money and a house, so therefore it's a nice fat pig for slaughter. And that's basically what yes. houses exist today. We do have okay, a caller calling in. We yes. got a caller calling in from Montgomery County. I see. Let's see. Okay, Marty, let me try. I'm going to try and bring him on. Okay. All right. Let's see. Area code 610. Yes. You're live and on the air. Do we have you? 610? Yes, you do. Hi, Kaz. Hi, Kaz. Hi, Marty and Reverend Ralph and, and all listeners. Um, and our friend <laughs> from Chicago here. Sure. Okay. I'd like to uh, comment on a few things. Um, yes, Reverend Ralph is correct. It's corruption all around and the court system and, you know, really sad in, with respect to, you know, the guardianship matter. It's just terrible. These people can't even uh, fight for their own self because uh, someone else, you know, basically takes over your life. But um, I wanted to say to Reverend Ralph um, what you're, like, referring to it's, it's, there's a name for it. It's called best evidence, which is required when it's available. So they're using hearsay. It's hearsay versus best evidence. Best evidence is they have to use the very best evidence available um, when something's occurring. I don't care, you know, whether it's whether you're, whatever records, documents, any, the best evidence that's available is what has to be used. So if it's possible for actual, you know, whatever's available out there, we all know that there's, you know, recording or, or testing or, you know, whatever it is, just so you know that, that's number one, what I wanted to point out. Uh, and when they're not using that best evidence, you know, and using hearsay, they're really, giving, they're really not um, allowing for due process. Uh, I wanted to mention also... I don't know if it's possible to be done. I guess I'm just putting this out there, wondering if even if you did not appeal and object to the guardianship or, or who, the, person that, the person who you're talking about, if that person did not um, uh, appeal or anything or object to that guardianship, I'm wondering if a guardianship could be modified or amended you know, to change or substitute the guardian. I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with that enough. So I'm just putting that out there. And um, what was the other thing? 
the other thing I wanted to mention is that my understanding, and I don't have a law or a rule for this, but what I have heard throughout the years is that once a person reaches 80 years old, they cannot even change their own will. Therefore, if a, and I don't know the law for that. That's all. I'm just saying I've heard this over and over. Therefore, if somebody becomes guardian when they're 80 years old or older, um, their will is supposed to stand as it is. In other words, a guardian should not be able to come in and alter that will from the way it was. Now, that's not going to stop no. the guardian oh, from cleaning. Right. Yeah, I understand they'll clean what out they'll the do estate. Is they'll find, so in Montgomery County, and this actually happened, they will find, they will quote, quote, find a will that's dated, that pre that backdates the current will, and then they'll contest the current will. And oh, okay. these, I mean, in Montgomery County, you can contest a will that is not signed nor notarized, and I can prove, I can hand you documents to back that up. Yeah, I, I believe you, because I know of wills that have been actually yeah. uh, so, just fabricated and made up. Yeah, yeah. so that's probably how they're getting around that 80 year. They find an, they they mysteriously find other wills and then contest the current will, and the other wills will have all these charities that they wanted to give their money to instead. And, yeah. you know, yeah. probably their run charities. So that's what that what that's going on. Hey, while we have everyone on the phone, there was a um, there was a concerning scam that I was hearing about. I wasn't part of it, but it sounds like a lot of the advocates were um, almost like tricked into joining something. Hold on, let me see what it was called. <laughs> Does anyone know anything about something called Landmark Forum? There was no, a I lot don't. of yeah. So a lot of people were invited to be part to sit through a Zoom thing for something called a landmark forum, and it was like you had to give them like eight hundred dollars, and they were going to try and help you, but they weren't lawyers or attorneys. I just think that right now we should really um, tell people like you need to be careful of scams that are out there, especially coming from people who claim to be advocates that are here to help you. Marty and I will never ask you for money to help you. Neither will Reverend Ralph or Elaine. We will not ask you for money to talk to you on the phone or, you know, we're not lawyers, so we're not going to be able to give you the best advice or anything. But we're never going to ask you for money just for something like being like your sounding board. But supposedly there was someone who was asking for money just so you could talk to them. It sounded a little sketch. I'm not sure of all the details, uh, but I I know something happened there, and I thought we should really touch base because people are so vulnerable right now to scams. So, Marty, could you – what do you feel about this? Well, what made me concerned about this was uh, we started getting emails and messages about this forum, and were we a part of it? And, of course, I said, no, we were not. Well, did you see it? No, I didn't. I couldn't tell you what went on there. Mm-hmm. Everything I heard, this was a disaster from one end to the other, and I think it did. From what I've heard, it did yeah. more damage according, to the movement. Yeah. Go ahead. According to Go- according to Google, it's a pyramid scheme. So if you oh. Google, it's a it, that's according to Google. It is a pyramid scheme, 
and those aren't always good. So right. anyone who was part of this thing, just do some Google search and see what, you know, do a little research. And just don't hand out that kind of money just to talk to somebody. I, really? It makes me sad. It just makes yeah. me sad. Or even well, I look at believe... your paperwork. That's another yeah. one, Marty. But, we'll look yeah, at I, your paperwork I, for that kind yeah. of money. Well, the thing is, you know, um, there's so much going on. People have been taken so advantage of, and we're always yeah. very careful not to. And um, so it just, you know, we've taken some blows over the years. There's no getting around that. People thought we did the wrong thing. But without exception, they've always come back later and said I was wrong, and I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. But I have never, and you have never, intentionally tried to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. We do not misrepresent ourselves. We don't We don't do anything along that line. And um, we're here to try and help to give you some exposure to get your story out, get you some notice. Um, you can take the links from the show that you're on and forward them to your representative and senator and ask them to please listen to it. That's the best we can do from that aspect because we, like I say, we are not lawyers. We're not even politicians. We are just concerned citizens. Because um, and, and Reverend have both been through this firsthand. I became exposed to it with the Sarah Harvey story, which still just breaks my heart. Um, and, as, you know, I'll tell you again, when I interviewed her as a favor to a show host out in New York, whose show I had been on many times as a guest, and he kept telling me, you need your own show, you need your, no, I don't, no, I don't. Yes, you do. And uh, I'll help you set it up. I'll help you get through it. And he did. And he, But he came and he said, would you please interview this lady? She needs some exposure. And I said, yes. And that was Sarah Harvey. And listening to her talk, all I could think is what many people thought up to just a few years ago. Oh, this is, she's talking crap. She's lying. She must have done something wrong. We don't hear so much of that anymore, do we? And no. I felt the same way. And I came off that interview mad as a hornet because I thought I'd been had. I dug into it because wow. I had never seen anything about this issue anywhere. And I am just renowned for my research. And I dug. It took me three days. And when I finally surfaced... I had to call her up. I was just in tears. I had to call her up and apologize to her. And I told her, I said, Sarah, I thought you were lying to me. She said, I know you did. And I said, but you're telling the truth. She said, yeah. And so if anybody wants to be mad, because I'm on the air talking about this stuff, you be mad at Sarah Harvey. She's the one that started all this. And <laughs> but it just, um, I just can't believe what I'm hearing. Huh? We, sh- we should we should invite Sarah and see how she's doing. I've met her in person. She's so did you? sweet. Yeah, oh, I wow. did. I was I went out to Syracuse, New York, and I met with Sarah and I met Catherine Falk, and we did a presentation. Uh-huh. They have um, it's a college out there called Syracuse. I think it's a pretty prestigious college there in New York, and we just had a blast. But we spoke. We were like a um, it was in the evening. I bet you there was almost 200 students came in to hear our panel, and it, they were there's a degree for social work that's at Syracuse, and we all told our different stories and 
educated about guardianship and it was it was really I I enjoyed meeting Sarah and Catherine and you know I can remember as Sarah yeah. was telling her story I felt like a jerk because I like cry I hate crying in front yeah. of people but because the emotion just the raw emotion when she's telling yeah. what happened I mean that was her yeah. husband it's yes it's very very powerful and yeah. of course Catherine is always amazing. And to hear her father play Columbo on the TV show, to, to be around her and hear all the stories of her father is just, uh, I mean, it's a sad story, but also she's just really a fun person and a sweetheart yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, Cause you know, and that too. Oh, go ahead, Reverend. Uh, sorry. Um, for the That's listeners, um, I can you give out information to them how they can call in if they have a question or a comment? Sure, and I have that listed at the very top of the promo, too, what the call-in number is. It's 917-388-4520, and select number one if you want to come on air. And uh, that'll flag the system for me to answer your call. But um, mm-hmm. one of the things, too, it was because of Sarah Harvey being the catalyst for this, we eventually were invited to... Uh, be at the summit in Washington, D.C., the Whistleblower Summit. And that's been, what is it, five years ago now. And wow. there was a lot of pushback on it, a lot of pushback. Uh, no, there was no interest in it. No, nobody had. We had one of the biggest audiences there for our panel. And um, so obviously there was. And That's um, how Elaine and I met. We both flew down to D.C. to hear that's how Elaine and I met. Elaine was on the yeah, show. Yeah, same here. We, we, same yeah, here. We, we flew down to hear you speak in Washington, D.C., and we all met. Yes, yep. that was 2009, uh, July of 2019. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, wow. the thing is, um, I think that was the year that I met people from 13 states who had come there specifically to meet me. And wanted mm-hmm. to know who I was that had come on the show, that had been listening to the show, and came. So don't tell me there's no interest in this. Um, it's not like I'm some movie star because God knows I ain't. But it just when you walk you know, in that room, though, oh my goodness! Well, I recognized just, you from your Facebook pay, from your Facebook pictures and from seeing you when you had video videotaped the stuff before you came in with marcia southwick and it was like yeah. a celebrity sighting i was like oh my gosh i went running <laughs> up to you I'm like, oh. and we had already started doing our show together so yes. oh my gosh marty we're gonna have our four-year anniversaries coming up yes. in april yes you've had to put up with me and the, i'm the mean one for four years no. anyway <laughs> we had just started it like a couple months before, and so I was so thrilled to get to meet you in person and meet everybody. Yeah. It was like, it was, yeah. I, I will be excited when they have it in person again. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll be going with the, what they're calling the summit now. They have commercialized it. They're looking to make money off of it, um, and we don't do that. <laughs> you know, we no. might, um, they might ask to help cover expenses. Uh, but not to profit, and um, because putting on one of these affairs is quite costly, and uh, so you know those are things you need to think about. But it looks like we're going to be coming up with something else, and of course we work closely with Marcel Reed, 
and who was the one who uh, initially started the summit in D.C. for whistleblowers. And well, I say it's, uh, it's a group of lawyers and others um, that have decided they need it because there's a big potential there. But they file Ketam cases, Ketam, however you want to say it. And that those are cases where they actually they usually get a large reward, but the victim never sees it. It all goes to the attorneys. And then once that oh. happens, they just push the victim, you know, the whistleblower off to the side and go on. We don't do that. And, um, of course, we don't take anybody's money anyway. Um, but it's just we've got some plans. Uh, I need to get my health in better shape right now. But um, we'll be working on some things and hopefully have some events going on. And we may do it, like, in local areas um, because, quite frankly, I think traveling at this time is dangerous for all of us. Um, and all this stuff about vaccine passports and all of this, um, a lot of states have said, no, you can't do this. Good for them. And um, you need a vaccine record. No, you can't have that either. That's private medical information. And, But it's just... Um, this is, and it has nothing to do with any damn virus, or it has nothing to do with keeping people safe. This is setting that global reset into position. And if you don't know anything about smart cities, please look up smart cities. Because a smart city means that they are smartly surveilling you 24 hours a day in your house, out of your house, in your car, through your phone, whatever you are doing. They know it. So you want to look that up, and if they're turning you into a smart city, pack up and move. But anyway, we Ooh, got about four minutes left that. here. Yeah. Um, Reverend, did you have anything you wanted to add? No, uh, it's been a great show, and uh, thank you for inviting me on. Inviting you on your regular quit it. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no invitation to it. You're here, bud. Face it. And... Uh, you know, just look at TS Radio, and there's be a little target that says you are here. And um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's just it's been a tough couple of months for me. And Kaz, thank you, and Reverend Ralph, you too, for stepping in and holding down the fort for me. And um, because it just meant the world to me, I was so worried about everything, and you guys did beautifully taking care of everything. And it just, um, but that's what teamwork is all about. And like I yeah. said, cause earlier these scams that are out there, uh, just because you may think you know who that person is, you don't. And um, they may turn out to be one major glory hog, and you could end up standing in a pile of pig dung. Uh, don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Kazi? I just want everyone to feel positive that we had an attorney that went to jail. I want you to feel positive that these evil attorneys that you're dealing with will someday go to jail. I feel we had a win with the judiciary and we're not used to seeing wins. So I, I just feel that it's really amazing. I feel social media and people knowing what's going on more. I feel this is going to be more and more exposed 
And I just want everyone to have a positive outlook right now. I know some people are in the midst of fighting for their loved one, and I am so sorry that you are going through yeah. this. But just always remember, even even while you're fighting, you're fighting for people 10 years down the road that haven't entered the arena yet. And you're right. not just fighting for you. You're fighting for everyone. And so yes. stay in the fight. Keep going. Don't take it personally because this isn't this isn't against you. It's you have something they want. They're predators. This is not about yes. you. Keep your chin. There up. you go. There's. Uh, I just got two more messages here that they thought they saw us or TS Radio on that Zoom call for that forum. No, you did not. We were not part of that. Um, we were not part of that at all at any juncture. So get that out of your head. Don't tie us up with that crap. Um, something we would not do, absolutely would not do. We've got no. just a few minutes left here. Right, we don't even have a few minutes. Got a, about a minute. Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We had a good crowd tonight. Thanks for our callers. Appreciate every one of them. I think one of the things we need to do in the future is formulate a plan for going after these judges that facilitate all of this. Everything pivots around them. Without yep. their say-so, none of this happens. Keep that in yep. mind. So there's where we need to focus, I believe. If you have other ideas, please email me at tsrad1 at outlook.com. That's tsrad1 at outlook.com. Because I think that's where our next plan of attack needs to be. These are the people that make it all happen. And with that, I'm going to say good night. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Cause Reverend Ralph, thank you. To all of our callers, thank you, and we'll be back again next Friday. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.